Melbourne episode eight, Clint Stanaway with you alongside me, Jack Viney and Lil Mithen. G'day guys. Go Stanners. Good morning. Good to see you, Lil, again. And our special guest this week, Tom McDonald, um, fresh from his heroics, can we say, Jack? <laughs> yeah, we on can. the Gold Coast. I don't think we can say heroics. We'll get to that in a second, but um, Jack. Are you tired of kicking game winners yet? <laughs> Let's it's like fumbling but falling over the line at the last line. Right. It's like missing the last hurdle but still winning. But it's we'll still take a, it. it's still a game winner. You yeah, got yeah, absolutely. Uh, Would have been a bit more glory if I had to taken the mark, had the shot after the siren with not too much pressure from the goal square. <laughs> but I'll take it. It counts. So ta- yeah, it was Bradbury. That's how you describe it. Yeah, <laughs> Lil back on the podcast and digging one straight in. I like it. Good stuff, Lil. Hey, uh, let's start there. Um, take us to that last couple of minutes because, geez, it was edge of the seat type stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. We were talking about it yesterday and um, despite being down the goal, sometimes you get feelings in games where you almost feel helpless. Well, mm. I, I have that feeling. And even if you're in a more commanding position, you can just feel like something's not right and, you, and you're sort of not having an impact or you can't influence the game. But for some reason, I just sort of had this feeling like we were going to get another chance at it. And... Um, I felt personally I could have an impact in the last, and we got told there's 50 seconds left after they kicked the goal. And I remember talking to Melksham back in the goal square. I was like, let's get everyone back and block for each other because someone's going to get a look here. Turns out we didn't, and Marty Hall kicked the goal to put us up. But I feel like we were pretty clear, level-headed that we were still a chance, and we just needed something to go right for us. And we were pretty lucky that the midfielders had a really good um, passage of play, and I should have swallowed up a mark and had a nice shot after the goal from the top of the goal square. But... Um, we gave ourselves a chance to win just because we were. I felt like we were pretty clear in mm. um, getting it done and there wasn't much panic and there wasn't a real franticness to us. There was a calmness and it ended up getting us a win and kept our season alive, maybe. You feel the same way or did you feel yeah, like... absolutely. I, you but know, do you know the feeling I'm talking about when you just feel like sometimes you can't... You feel like you can't impact the game yeah. and, it, and it, you feel a bit foggy and no, you're just helpless, absolutely. but it yeah. didn't feel like that on the weekend. Yeah, we, we, we train particular you know to be in that mm. position in game so um you know we've we've rehearsed it and it's just like all right we're in this position now now we're into you know win the game mode um and yeah we we had you know i'm similar i was talking to the mids and it was like we got 50 seconds to win the game here and we all were like let's mm. do it um so yeah you know, people are like, oh, geez, you're lucky, this and that. But, you know, personally, I think it's, you know, you create your own luck. And um, luckily, we were able to, like you said, there was a level of composure out there, able to execute um, our game plan uh, in, in those particular moments. And, um, you know, it came off. So it was a good result. So let's go back a step. Marty Hoare, the clarity in which he addresses that situation as well for a fourth gamer I yeah. think yeah. Um, you've got to be particularly impressed with that first and foremost Tom. Well, it was probably um, looking at it yesterday it was Jaden Hunt who really of course, yeah. made the difference because he got the ball at the 50 and we were talking about he could have blazed away and had a shot and he's probably not going to kick it on his left from 50 under pressure but driving his legs and getting it to Marty who was open obviously pretty good by Marty to kick the goal from 50 on the run and it's his first ever goal in AFL footy but it was, uh, it was really Jaden Hunter who gave mm. us a chance by winning the footy and then being really calm and getting it to his teammates. So um, there's a lot of good things mm. that went in that passage. And then Jaden on the next play was the guy who really went 
at the ball with some speed, created a contest and uh, let Harmsy pick it up. So Hunty was a real catalyst for the last minute. Yeah, and, and, and on the, the Marty Hall um, goal, um, you know, he was, a, he was a spare defender at the time and you can see Josh Wagner communicating to him saying, come up high, come up high. So, um, yeah, he's a fourth game player, but that's that's what happens when you, you've um, you switched on and you've got teammates around you helping you. So, you know, Wagner's not a, an overly experienced player in himself, but uh, for himself, and that's people, something people don't see as well, um, you know, for him to stand up in that moment and communicate to get everything set up the way we needed it to be is a reason why, you know, one of the reasons why Marty Hall ends up getting a, a shot on goal to, to put it to even the scores. And it was a dewy night, so we'll let you off that. <laughs> that spill. <laughs> Arms just kicked in to help you. <laughs> now, look, I probably should have marked it. We do practice. We actually, it's funny, we do practice marking those sort of balls. Um, I didn't realise I was actually so clear. I, I almost could have gone for a chest mark because my man had gone yeah. to the goal line to try and spoil it and it's dropped short off Hamdi's shin. So, <laughs> I didn't realise, I just thought um, my guy was right on my back and he was going to sport, try and sport as well. But look, I should have marked it. It didn't. We won. Who cares? Move on. Forget about it. Yeah, so you spill it three, two, I knew one. It would have been, there had to be five seconds or yeah. less based on the math because we knew there was 50 seconds on the first ball up when we needed a goal. We didn't get – because there wasn't enough time to get mm. the time back out again from Crossy with the new runner rules. So we knew it must be maybe 15 to 20 seconds. So I knew there had to be get something five to left because, <laughs> yeah, based just on the pure math, well, I had to get something on. So, um, look, it didn't really make any difference. A point might have even been more valuable if there was less t- more time left because they would have to go the full field to score. Yeah. So, With with Harmsies, yeah. was he going for gold, do you reckon? Yeah, I think he was. I don't think he realised <laughs> yeah, the so. pressure he was under. And as we were saying, it's a dewy night. He picked it up off the ground and you have that tiny little bobble when it's that little bit dewy. Yeah. And that gives that half second for the defender to sort of just close onto him and get a finger on him and put some pressure on his kick. So, yeah. And the Suns, look, they're no slouches. They've, I mean, while their record doesn't suggest that they're getting the job done, they've been right in matches this year. So they've been impressive. It, it's, yeah, it's, really you impressive. Know, it is a good win away from home. Is that, is yeah. that fair to say? No, you know, we, we, we were worded up by the coaches. Um, you know, coming into this game, we'll, we thought um, Gold Coast were playing terrific football. Mm. Um, so we, we were, um, you know, G'd right up to, to come out there and um, not take the not take them lightly because, um, yeah, like you said, um, they are playing great football and, um, yeah, we knew that we really had to, to fight to, to earn the game and it was the whole the whole match was, was back and forth, fight, nothing pretty about it, um, which is what we expected. That's week two of that real arm wrestle style situations. Do you think that's holding the guys in good stead, Tom, in terms of building well, building some you know real semblance of confidence and yeah, there's a momentum. There's an element of confidence coming from the fact we're back in games and we've won a couple, but they could have gone either way. But we're back playing the way we want to play, and it's still it's not pretty, and we're nowhere near our best form of what we're capable of, especially scoring wise, but. There's at least a foundation back to the game style and the way we play, which will keep us in games against any opposition. Um, we think that'll keep us in the game this weekend against a like a top four side. We probably need to improve in a couple of areas to beat a side like that on the weekend, but we know that the the baseline level's back and there's improvement to come. Few casualties, unfortunately. Um, update on that, or is, do you have any sort of thoughts and feelings of how that? changes the team this week 
Yeah, it's a bit oh, disappointing for those boys. So Hibbard with the collarbone, and I think he's had surgery all good so far. Probably missed a couple of weeks. But uh, Melksham with a little foot injury of some sort. I'm not sure the specifics, but I'm guessing he's probably going to miss a month. So two of our best players, I'd say. Hibbo was probably our best player till he got injured, and then Melky was the same until three-quarter time. So um, pretty important players, but look, we just can't do much about it. There'll be other guys will come in. Um, play a role we've had the good thing is we were talking about it yesterday how well our vfl's been playing with a lot of young guys really doing a really good job so well that's the flip side isn't it because you could argue someone somewhere has walked under a ladder and this injury curse has been quite nasty um jack how how did you pull up from the match very well thank yeah, you good all, yeah, all I'm, happy I'm going going very good um that's a, a positive confident answer i like it <laughs> i don't know how you, i'm sh- every week i'm shocking you saw after every game <laughs> i've never ever pulled up well like felt better than i have going into the game but uh, that's all right so then we jump on the plane again uh perth uh, the last time we were there wasn't overly memorable um so uh, have you watched that prelim final by the way or not uh no is there any point in watching it uh I think I don't think, yeah, I don't think I'd get much hollow yeah. out of it except for of course a few tears and yeah, some pretty hurtful emotions. So how do you attack a game like that? I mean, it'll be a difficult assignment. I mean, as use you more of the vision from the five weeks beforehand mm-hmm. and look at what worked against them. The win. We probably would use some vision of when we lost of what not mm-hmm. to do and maybe looking mm-hmm. at how they chopped us up, but. Um, the good thing is that we beat them five weeks before at the same place. Yeah. And I know it's the stakes weren't as high because it's a regular season game, but um, there's no one of knowing we can at least win at that stadium against that team. It's a, it's a different year, like different, mm. different teams, uh, you know. So you, you try, you just take it for what it is and you, you go off, um, you know, their, their last, you know, yep. how they're travelling, their last few games how we're traveling and um yeah you go out there and you you try your best to beat them so you know i i doubt that there's going to be much or many people kind of with that um mentality you know that that thought of oh you know the anxiousness of going to west coast with with what happened at uh, and the end last year Mm. i know i'm certainly not because i guess that's what some people fear that there might be a fragility yeah and i know that's the kind of narrative out there but Us as players, we're so week to week focused that, of course, like damn, um, that that game feels like a lifetime ago, you know. Like, um, so we're just looking forward to getting out there and uh, looking to to make three in a row and, and build, because like like Tommy said, feel like we're starting to build, starting to find our feet again, and we don't want it to stop. So, mm-hmm. plenty of improvement to be done, and we want to go over there and 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 find it against a really good side. If there was fragility on being beaten by a side on a certain oval by a certain team, then we wouldn't be able to play on the MCG. We got what did we lose by to Geelong? 186. Yeah. Like we've won there since then. So at down at Kidney Park, you yeah. don't have night. Like you don't get these flashes, movie movie style when you walk yeah. under the ground just because you lost by 60 points last time you played there. Mm. Like we've been beaten by 100 on the MCG and we can still win there. Like it doesn't. That sort of stuff doesn't exist. Players move on. And we've been quite good on the road this year, so surely you take mm. confidence out of that, that you jump on the plane and head over together and get the job done? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, we're, we're a team that love, love travelling and, um, you know, you get, you get to bond and spend a bit extra time together and, yeah, our performances have, uh, have been reasonably strong interstate. So, um, 
you know, it, it, it's a nice thing to have, but at the same time, it's similar to um, having lost by the 70 points last time we played them. It's something that, you know, you're not, you're not really focusing on a whole, a whole deal. It's just, um, yeah, more how we, how we traveling, our game style, what, what, what are our roles that need to be executed on the day and then we go over there and, and get it done. So, um, I agree. <laughs> Concur. I'm glad. Uh, one more. Um, an area of some frustration is still heading inside 50 and efficiency inside 50. Um, what's being done to, to try to address that, Tommy? Heaps has been done. We just haven't nailed it yet. Yep. Like, but it's probably that as much as our contested work are the mm. two areas we've focused on Which all, come all pre-season. Yep. All season, sorry. And it's frustrating. Mm. And it's hard to not let that get the better of you. But you can see we're really trying now. Like we're really trying to use our teammates and bring each other into the game. It's just the execution of it hasn't come. So it went from the start of the year, it was blasting it, hoping for the best, nothing was happening. Now we're at the stage where we're really trying to use each other and provide a good option for midfielders. Midfielders are trying to use this. We're just not clicking with the amount of percentages what we probably did last year. Um, so the next stage is where we just start to hit it. All you need to do is hit a few more per game going forward and all of a sudden teams start scoring four or five goals extra a game and you go from being a low-scoring side to one of the best-scoring sides in the comp like we were last year. So we're just a couple of opportunities away. We're missing a few easy ones. It's coming. We're working on it. It just hasn't clicked yet, and it's, but it's, I can feel it's not far away. Uh, speaking of not far away, questions from the outer here on episode eight of Inside Melbourne with thanks to Zurich. In fact, they're coming up after this very short break. We'll be back with you soon. Thanks to our co-major partner and podcast sponsor, Zurich. For over 100 years, they've been ensuring the people and the things you truly love. And just like you, they truly love footy and they truly love Melbourne. Welcome back to Inside Melbourne. Thanks to Zurich. We're here uh, accompanied by a special guest, Tom McDonald. Um, game winner, <laughs> or Brad, he, as, as, he's call, as he's calling himself around the club these days. Um, questions from the outer, mate. I've got one here that uh, took my eye. Are you more grumpy than Jack Finey? <laughs> Depends how I went on the weekend. Uh, Am I grumpy? Like, is that is that a perception of me? No, I think you and me both have a similar one. That if you. If you're not offering anything of value to us, if you're not coming with some good conversation, we'll, or we'll just be like, well, <laughs> go away. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't come and bother me with so your So you're crap. both grumpy. Can be grumpy. We're just, <laughs> just, we're just not... Uh, Focused. Yeah, exactly. We've always got a goal. Setting an example. Always, you're very serious. Always very on a mission. That's like me. That. Anyone else got a question? I think we'll leave it there, actually. See you guys. Will? There's a couple here about your Mustang. Um... Nick's Lux is asking when it's going to be finished and then Tom Sizzle, when are you selling it or why? No, so I have a, a modern Mustang, which I drive day to day, which I am selling, um, but I'm selling it because I've got an old 1967 Mustang. It's a fastback GT390 for anyone who knows their cars. So it's a big block Mustang, which is pretty special to me. So I bought this last year. Um, off a friend of a friend that was very run down and it's needed a complete re rebuild. So I've been rebuilding it by hand with my uh, cousin in his garage in Geelong and it's getting closer and closer to being finished. So this has been a, like a passion project for the whole year and it's going to be a really awesome classic car when it's done. Um, so hopefully that's done soon and 
I can get rid of the new one and have a more practical day-to-day car. Maybe with four doors would be nice and a bit of boot space. So Preparing himself for family life, maybe. Yeah, potentially. Who knows? We need to get organised. So, no, But I've just... This old car is like... I can't overstate how happy I am with what it's going to be. Like, cool. I'm not a car nut nut, but I'm really um, passionate about doing this because I've put so, mon- so many hours into it yeah. and... Uh, it's going to be a really special thing when it's done. So, you Wait, did you say you're not a you're not yeah. a car nut? Well, like not about all cars, but about this particular car, I am. So okay. that's yeah. I don't know about much about other other cars, but this one I've done a lot of research on. So, when when did your your love for Mustangs kind of originate? Um, I've kind of liked like the old school American muscle cars, and the Mustang just seemed like the most traditional and iconic sort of style. Mm-hmm. I really like. Um, the old like Plymouth or Dodge Challengers of the late 60s, early 70s. And this is a 1967 one, which I think is the best shape and model. And I just got really lucky that a guy said, oh, I might know of one for sale. And it was literally the first one I went and saw and I bought it, um, not realising how much work had to go into it to get it going. Yeah, I remember seeing, you showed me photos and yeah. it was like, it was rusted holes through. Yeah, yeah, the floor was missing on one side, so that's all been rebuilt. It's pretty much going to have a new engine, new transmission. Everything is new in it, um, and it's going to be painted up with a new red interior. So, Ooh, yeah. what, what colour is Ooh. it? Raven black with a red interior. Raven black. What is what is that? It's like, like shiny black. Shiny. I was going to like do a satin black. black. Yeah, it was going to be a satin sort of matte black and be a bit more modern looking, but now we're going to go a traditional sort of shiny black, which is called raven black, which is the original colour. Because you get a piece of paper with the car. This is what sort of made it valuable, <laughs> is that the paper documents when the car was built, what factory, what it came with, mm. and the value of the car is in this document of paper, and it tells me that it has to be raven black. So, anyway, most people won't give a crap about this, so move on. I was going to say any more car sure related questions. I'm sure there's a couple out there <laughs> saying, damn. No, you enjoyed that conversation? Yeah, loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for a new car, actually. So I'll oh, there you go. You might be in the market. <laughs> yeah. You'd look good in the, uh, the, the Stang, in the Mustang. <laughs> damn. <laughs> hey, uh, Ben Bowring asks, is it true Marty Hoare took four weeks to accept Max Gorn's friend request on Facebook? Wouldn't surprise me. But I don't know for sure on that one. I think Gorney still hasn't re- accepted mine. Yeah, Gorney's hopeless. Gorney has, like, so people on their phone who have the notifications on text messages. Yeah. He's got 290 unread texts. Yeah, I've got a bit the same. How, well, hang on. <laughs> how can great. you not read them? Like, even, even you if you read don't the respond. Ones, you read the ones you want to read. <laughs> that I can't have the little red symbol on any uh, I tell you, they're very similar, mate. Yeah. You and me, very similar. Phone has to be updated the moment it needs updating. Really? Apps need updating the moment they're updated, like, I can't have stuff. Yeah, I've got seventeen hundred and sixty-two unread emails. You do, does yours just <laughs> throw does, it away? Does your messages, <laughs> you know, does it sometimes like bug out where you you've looked at all your messages, but it still sh- says that there's a message unread? Yeah. Oh, no, it does my head in. <laughs> I'll have to turn my phone off and on. Turn it off and on. Yeah, reset it. But you are very organised. What's the setup with that box that you rock up to training with and oh, game day? Yeah, the bucket. Uh, buckets because I. I get stiff ankles because I had surgery on my ankles, so they just get stiff until they get warmed up. So I bring a bucket to training and games. So I fill it with hot water and I just sit there splashing my feet around in hot water before the game and it warms them up. But the club can't provide you just a bucket of hot water? Well, they <laughs> they have, own. but they don't fit both feet in at once. Like They buy the cheap buckets from Kmart, whereas I've got a good one that fits both feet. It's got handles on it. It's the A-grade version. <laughs> it's got a good grip. Yeah, bucket sponsor. Yeah. Maybe. Well, hit me up. Come. <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. Anything else catch the eye, Lil? Uh, 
bit more of a serious one. Marcus942, uh, do you feel like in the last two weeks you're getting back to the form you were in in 2018? Yeah, a little bit. I actually had an interesting conversation on radio with Brendan Goddard yesterday and I, they asked a similar question like, um, how have I been going? And I said, it's really frustrating because it's the first time in probably three years where I actually did all the pre-season. I come off what I thought was a reasonable year of footy last year and was hoping I could keep going and improve and it just doesn't happen it didn't happen early in the season and it builds frustration and I get I feel like I've tried every different option of training more doing less doing more weights less weights more craft like trying different things each week and nothing's really changed and I asked Brendan have you ever been through that and he said after 2010 Mike Sheehan named him as the second best player in the comp and he said, oh, I could have, could have gone one or two ways. I could have rested on that or had a really big pre-season and gone again. And he said, I had my best ever pre-season after that. And then for six weeks, he couldn't get a touch. And he had the worst start of the season ever. And I said, well, what happened? And he said, I just stopped trying so hard. I stopped caring and mm. <laughs> it came back. And he said, I almost just forgot about worrying about trying to play well. And as soon as he did that, the form came back. And I feel like the last couple of weeks, I've just sort of focused on training well, but then not as stressed about everything else and it started to come back. Like I'm still not playing great, but it's at least better than where I was a few weeks ago and um, I'm starting to feel a bit better about myself for that as well. But it was interesting to hear from him that going through the same thing at a probably a bigger scale because I said I wasn't the second best player in the comp, um, but I still expected more of myself than what I'd done so far. So it's like it's so frustrating when you're not playing the way you want to and there's not really an excuse and it just builds up on you and you get really down on yourself. Um, but you can't really do much about it other than just keep playing and it'll eventually turn. Very well said. Um, let's have a bit more fun. Uh, Thomas Foster asks, uh, where would you rank yourself amongst the playing group with your fashion sense? This comes up a lot, your fashion sense, in Inside Melbourne, yeah, the various terrible. questions. Uh, there you go. And well, are you sick of Melksham giving you stick about the way you dress? <laughs> uh, look, I don't care too much, to be honest, at the footy club because I see these boys every day and... I'm not trying to impress them. If we have an event or function, I'll try and dress nice or yeah. something I have to. But no, nah, it's not not a concern. Any the money that could go into fashion goes into the car. That's the okay. That's where I'd rather paint work. Priorities, yeah, priorities. Very good. Anything else, Jack? Yeah. This is something that I think people might not know about you and your family dirt. is how well. No, it's not dirt, oh. but <laughs> very, 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 very smart family yeah. intellectual family what what were the the ATAR scores back at at yeah. school i was well behind uh yeah so you so you so you you let the family down and you let got 96 no 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 lot, much lower than that i got 90 oh, right. 916 oscar got 99 two really laura's a now a doctor at alfred's alfred hospital and she got 99 four and little sister Sasha, who's currently a training partner at the Melbourne Vixens, kind of like a rookie on an mm-hmm. AFL list. Um, she got 99-1, I think, and is studying bioscience. So um, they yeah. just tried harder. I probably could have beaten them, but <laughs> had other priorities. Girls, footy. <laughs> Girls didn't talk to me. But. What's Oscar doing with his ATAR? Did he end up He's doing anything? science at oh. Melbourne Uni as well. Oh, so cool. I'm doing commerce and yeah. hopefully finishing next year and he does science at the same university. So he does it pretty easy though. He comes in with a few facts on molecular biology each week. Yeah. 
He's actually pretty incredible. He's funny. He gets called up to the front of the group and he gives a rundown on something bizarre every now and then. And it's actually quite incredible what he can remember. Like he broke, he broke down an Adam the other day, didn't he? Yeah. Or something like that. And, and to a group of footballers, that's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could wow. pretty much you could get up there and say anything really. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, good one, Oscar. <laughs> There's one here about Oscar. Um, what's the worst thing you and Oscar did growing up? They've given an example, e.g. break something valuable. One day, for some reason, we were in uh, Mount Gambia at our cousin's house for Christmas, and we decided the house with the big windows over the road would be fun to throw rocks at their window. Oh, good, <laughs> yeah. And Always. got absolutely torn to shreds for us, like it ruined Christmas. Um, just trying to think what else we did. <laughs> Actually, Laura, the, doc- the doctor, was a bit of a hothead, and we get stuck into her. And we had this car that's called a beach buggy. It was kind of like a paddock bomb car that had no roof but a roll cage on it and we'd fly it around the paddock. Uh, Dad put the motor in himself. Like it was pretty much hand-built. And we really got stuck into Laura one day and she cracked it and grabbed a butter knife and chased us with the butter knife. I jumped in the car and jammed it in first and took off and she threw the butter knife and it stuck in the back of the the leather seat because there's no doors or anything on it. It's flown and gone right where it would have hit me in the spine and it's stuck into the leather seat this butter knife <laughs> so laura was actually the hothead when we were kids that's amazing yeah. jesus wow. <laughs> things really escalate in the country wow. don't yeah. they <laughs> only the strong Smart survive out psychos. there <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> no, I, did, I did get chased around when i was living in chugo did you get chased around uh the wines property by yeah. uh Ollie's younger brother with a slug gun. <laughs> so he brought, got the family gun out and was chasing around the There's property. There's actually a family down the road that did the same thing. All three boys who were just nut jobs, they all had slug guns and they'd do slug gun fights like it was paintball against each other. So they'd put a helmet on, they'd put like a motorbike helmet on and they'd just Some go... Goggles. Goggles on and a motorbike helmet and just go slug gun as though it was paintball <laughs> around the farm, shoot each other. Oh, wow. It's a different world out Eden Hope. Yeah, that's how you grow up. <laughs> Uh, I think we've got time for one more, Will. Mm. What did you want to be growing up? What were you going to do with your 91.6 ATAR <coughs> if you weren't playing footy? I initially wanted to be a chef when I was really young. Um, that sort of faded away when I realised you'd work nights and weekends yeah, for the rest of your life. It's a hard slog. Yeah. Um, I love basketball. I'd, I'd love, I would have loved to have worked in a sport in America, even if it was in an admin side. But I never really, got, it never really became serious because I was so focused on trying to play footy or basketball at a young age that I would have had to cross that bridge when I got there and never got to that stage. So I'm in the process now of more looking towards what it's going to be post footy. But um, yeah, I haven't got an answer for you yet. Sorry. Fair I'm enough. Sorry. All right. Well, uh, Tom's got to get off to a um, to a meeting. I'm Very told. important so meeting. Just tell us about that. You don't want forwards meeting, is it? Yep, so catch up with Neil Bullen, uh, David Misson and Max Rook once a week for a coffee and just talk about the forward line, mm-hmm. how guys are going, what we can do better at training. Um, it's pretty much just a little informal catch up about planning for the week ahead and reviewing the weekend. So Who shouts a coffee? Oh, it's probably my turn today, yeah. Fair I think I get it every week, but I'll just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, thanks so much for joining us. Um, good luck out west. Um, Friday night. Should be a ripper. We'll be watching. I can't wait. It's very exciting. Um, all right. Well, that was episode eight, Inside Melbourne. With thanks to Zurich. We'll catch you next week.